Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, your host for another great episode of Political Theater. It is I, Charles Nash. And let me tell you right now, your eardrums are not mistaken. I am back after a very long Memorial Day week. I hope everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend and a great Memorial Day. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you right now, I have lots and lots of news to cover. So don't think that I don't have information saved up that I've had all week getting ready for today's show. And I've got a blockbuster one. So... Getting right into the news, I have to tell you right now. There was some news that came out last night that, before I get into any other week-long news that I, that's been running, and I'm sure everyone has seen the national news with the shooting in Texas. From, from that, we had the shooting that was out in <clears throat> New York State in Buffalo, um, Sad turn of events there, and I my condolences go to to the families out there. But and I'm going to get into those shootings that happened last week while I was gone. But the very first bit of news that I want to cover, starting off in today's show, uh, happened last night, and <clears throat> it's got a lot of people talking. Well, a lot of people talking today. A lot of people was talking about it to me this morning. And one of my one of my fellow um, friends and coworkers uh, brung this up to me, and I, I I didn't know anything about it. I didn't hear anything about this, and that was the the new proposed Ohio law that would let power companies bill consumers customers for utility owned charging stations. If you did not hear me. There is a new bill that is being presented here in Ohio. It has bipartisan support by Republicans and Democrats, and it was first introduced yesterday evening by a Republican, shockingly. And it's not a good bill. It is part of this green new garbage, this green new lie. The lie in this whole thing with climate change. And I'm I'm being honest with you folks. I coming out of the Republican Party with everything that the, the momentum that they have right now, it spells disaster for, for the Republican Party here in Ohio. This is not a good bill. So I'm gonna get into this. It's an article that anyone can find. If you go into Google, for example, or Yahoo, you type in uh proposed Ohio uh, charging station, it'll pop right up. I've, I've got this. It was from, from the Columbus Dispatch last night. So the article is, again, proposed Ohio law would let power companies bill customers for utility-owned charging stations. We're going to get right into this. It says, um, state lawmakers in Ohio are debating legislation that would subsidize big utility companies' plans to build a network of company-owned electric vehicle charging stations while passing the costs 
for building said stations to you, the customers, the consumers, whether you use them or not. So if you're someone who is saying, look, I'm, I'm not getting on this whole green energy, I like my gas vehicle. Well, it's too bad. They're going to tack this onto your energy bill, presumably probably your electric bill, and you're going to have to pay for it. Now, what's the cost for this going to be? Well, that has yet to be determined. Now, the Senate bill that was proposed is Bill 307. It was sponsored by a Republican, Senator uh, Michael Rowley, R-U-L-L-I, that's how it's spelled, if that's how I'm pronouncing it correctly. He is from the Youngstown, Ohio area. Now, he says that this is to promote electric vehicle manufacturing and use here in Ohio, including near Youngstown, Ohio, where, again, where he is the senator for that in that area. It says um, he wants to get a jolt from leaders in the Youngstown area to build what he's calling the Voltage Valley. He says, among other provisions, it would create a state task force to develop an electric vehicle plan, create a $2,000 sales tax rebate, blah, 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 for purchasing electric vehicles. And again, they want to tack on to your electric bill or your energy bill. They want to charge you for this, and that's how they're going to pay for these charging stations to be built in Ohio. Now, this has a lot of pushback from, well, individuals like myself. Common, ordinary taxpayers are already sounding the alarm this morning. I've already heard from quite a few individuals. And, believe it or not, your power companies are pushing back on this as well. Now, why would that be? Well... Now, I talked about this last week before I went on my, you might as well say, week hiatus for Memorial Day week. We had talked about an article that a, a, a listener had sent to me about what it would cost and, and what it takes to run an electric vehicle, what it costs to maintain it, what it would cost and what, what you would need to have an electric charging station for the size that they would need, it would have to be astronomically huge. So you'd have to rather deforest an area or you'd have to wipe out an entire city block probably for these charging stations because that's what it would take. You'd have people coming in and charging their cars. It would take too long. Now with this bill, again, they're wanting to hit you, the taxpayer. They're wanting to add it on to your electric bill. And the electric companies are saying, look, we don't have enough power in our current grid system for here in Ohio. We can't, we can't do this. Who's going to maintain these billings? We already have, they, I mean, your electric companies folks already have problems collecting from the middle class, people in poverty, because people can't afford it right now. Now, this bill was saying they, by 2025, this, this um, Republican senator is saying he's, he's wanting to have this bill advanced 
He says there's bipartisan support for it. He said this is what he wants to do to, to get down your energy costs at the gas pumps. Well, if you want to get down the gas, you know, the gas prices, how about we, um, I don't know, we start fracking. How about we start actually doing something in the energy sector again to make us independent from other countries again? Gas prices were staying quite low when we were doing this. Then Joe Biden came in and it's, well, we're going to have this new green deal and we can't have, we, we can't have energy like this. It's got to be electric. Now, I am, am I surprised that there are Republicans that's out here, like this individual, who was going for this green new garbage push? No, it doesn't surprise me. Folks, again, I want to remind my listeners, because you will not understand the hate mail that I also get. I am not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I don't affiliate with any party. I've made this very clear. Now, do I bash on the Democratic Party more than the Republican Party? Well, folks, yes, I do. But you have a very, you have a Republican Party that's sitting where it usually has sat. And then you have the Democrats how, who, who have gone off the deep end to the extreme where crazy, crazy does not work in my realm of reality. Now, getting back to this article, like I said, I just, <laughs> I, I don't think people actually go through the planning of what this is going to take. And if they honestly think here in Ohio that taxpayers have more money to flip out of their pockets, this Republican needs to have his head examined. Nobody is going to support this. I'm not. And from the few people this morning that hit me about this and what they seen last night on TV and heard and then reading this and finding it out for myself, you're going to have a lot of pushback. People cannot afford to have more tacked on to their bills, especially their utility bills, than what they already have now. Especially with us going into a recession. When we are in a recession, folks. I don't care what the Democratic Party or Joe Biden or anybody else is out there spewing out of their mouth. We are in a downcline recession. The great indicator for that should be, one, the value of the dollar. Two, the Fed hikes trying to take out this whole issue that's going on right now with inflation. And even the stock exchange, as much as people say they don't rely on the, on the stock exchange, and I get that, but when that starts tanking, well, your banks and your loans are going to start tanking. And it's already happening. Try to go out there right now and get a loan. Look what you're going to have to put down for a loan. So we are in a decline into a recession. It is happening. That's just like in this article. They're talking within the next five to 30 years. They want everything to be electric. How do you plan on, and I've, I've said this again, Pete Buttigieg, 
the Secretary for Transportation has been my example for months now when he said the same thing. Well, electric cars is the future. You, you want to save yourself at the gas pump? Get an electric car. Well, how are you supposed to pay for it? I don't know, but that's the answer. It is the same thing here. Nobody can afford these vehicles. And if you want to look at the failed, failed implementation of the same exact policy with electric cars, look no further than our neighbors over in Europe. You can find fields of abandoned electric vehicles that no one will touch because it failed miserably. That there is no savings in it and the costs to maintain them is astronomical. The resale value, <laughs> it's not there. And no one's going to buy that. No one's going to buy into that. So I see this bill going nowhere, but I would say this, especially if you live in Youngstown, Ohio, I would definitely be getting on the phone and calling your representatives and saying, what the hell, what the hell are you thinking advertising a bill like this to be passed, especially onto us, the consumers, the public? Again, that would be bill, Senate Bill 307 that is being proposed. I just wanted to share that with everyone. Now, I'm going to get into the news that I've been holding on to all week. The very first thing that I'm going to get into, I have had a lot of people asking me to weigh in on this. I'm kind of hesitant to weigh in on this. Not because of the gun issue. I'm hesitant to weigh in on this, folks, with the whole issue that happened with, not just with Buffalo, New York, but with what happened out in Texas. The school shooting, the massacre, however you want to name it, there's tons of headlines out there. Here's why I'm hesitant about talking about this. For starters, anytime there's loss of life, especially when it comes to small children, a school shooting, I don't believe it should be publicized. That is the difference between me and the drive-by media. And that is all of the drive-by media. Now, I'm not saying that this should, is a topic that shouldn't be talked about. But it's a topic that shouldn't be publicized medially by the media and made it into a big clown show, a political theater. Pun the word, not my show. And that's exactly what it has become. You've got, for this whole week, even into the Memorial Day weekend, even in, on Memorial Day. Memorial Day was overshadowed, not with what should have been focused on. It was, it was the, the political arena about gun control, gun laws, stripping people's Second Amendment rights away. I've got a whole slew of articles here 
and I'm going to go through them. I'm just giving everyone my take of why I particularly do not like talking about this subject. Do I feel we need to have more security at schools? Absolutely. Do I have the answer to stop violence in schools? Well, I have good, I have good answers for that. I have a good strategy for it. But I'm not your senator. I'm not your governor. I'm not the president. I'm not the secretary of defense. And I'm, I'm not part of these school boards. And there's everybody's out there giving their two cents in. I will tell you the biggest thing that I'm going to, I will tell everyone, and I have said this from the moment I got on, I got on the radio. And that is the fact you want to stop the violence in schools or teen violence or young children getting a hold of guns and taking them into schools. It starts at home. It starts with parents actually being parents sitting down and having a conversation as much as you may not want to and you may have to grit your teeth sitting down with your child doesn't matter the age sitting down and having a one-on-one parent to child conversation a heart-to-heart conversation and i know there is a lot of parents out there you're like me you work a full-time job When you come home, you have another full-time job, which is taking things around the house, taking care of things. You have, you're helping your kids with school. You're helping raise your kids. Hopefully you're being an active mother or father in their lives, spending quality time with your children. And you should know, this is the other big one, you should know where your children are at. And what they're involved in. And if there is a problem going on, you should be able to see that and identify that. That's called being retroactively active in your child's life. And it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. So there's the number one thing right there, folks. You want to stop violence? Parents need to start sitting down and actually communicating with their kids. The second thing that needs to happen, and this one's a really easy one. I seen an attack on it today, matter of fact. We need to get God back in school. You know, nowadays it's very rare to have a school say the Pledge of Allegiance. And if they do, what's the number one thing that they've done? They've taken God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. We have stripped all aspect of God or even Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, out of our school systems. And what little remains, what schools do have that, it's very few and far between. Hell, most schools don't even allow you to say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag anymore. For some reason, now that has become a sore subject. Because America's past is messy. It's complicated. So we can't teach it. We really can't idolize our flag. We can't 
We can't have honor within our country. And that's what's being taught. And this is why we have episodes like what happened out in Texas last week. This is why we have these things happening. Now, I'll tell you another big one besides parents having conversations with their children, knowing what their children are doing, and bringing God back into schools. You know, when I was a kid, and I've touched on this many times on this program, they had gun safety classes for young hunters. And not just for young hunters. You had parents that would bring in their kids. It was a way to educate your child what a weapon is, what it's used for, and what you do not use it for. Now, I graduated from Cardington Lincoln back in 03. And my fellow listeners, I can tell you this. It was not uncommon out in the school parking lot to see rifles on gun racks and, and trucks from, with students. It was not uncommon especially in Morrow County in a country setting. It was not uncommon. Our kids taking off school for gun season, for deer season, not uncommon. I know most people are shaking their heads going, what does that have to do with what happened out in Texas or shootings like at Columbine and things? Well, again, there is none of these programs in school, there is no after-hour school programs like hunter safety courses or safety courses in general. There's none. Nowadays, it is frowned upon. You would think in today's world, with the violence and the back and forth, the political divide, the divide in the country in general, and people having an opinion about everything, you would think we would have such programs to educate our young children. You would think that, but we don't. And again, if there are in different states and communities, again, few and far between. Now, when I went through my safety courses, folks, they had they had the game warden that would come out. They had your rather a sheriff or a police officer that would come out. Did you know nowadays, folks, they don't even do the dare programs anymore to keep kids off drugs or safety programs about stranger danger awareness? Again, and if they do have them, it's few and far between. Because rather the funding has been pulled or someone's complained about it and said, well, we can't have that. That just, that just goes against what I believe in. Then you do like when I was a kid. If you don't want your kid involved in it, you just don't sign the, the slip for them to go and be involved in it. That doesn't mean you shut down everyone. I just gave four easy examples of what could be done to change 
what's going on with the violence in schools. Do I have all the answers? Absolutely not. But if even, even small things like that can make big changes. Now, do we need to have guards at every door and a metal detector at every door? No. Does every teacher have to have a firearm and carry conceal? No. Can those things be used as deterrents? Absolutely. Or how about this? How about we have a door for a school where you have one access point in and out at the beginning of the day? I know most people are saying, well, what if there's a fire? Well, you have other doors that you can exit out of, but you can't get back in. And they have self-locking mechanisms. And you don't prop them open because it gets hot. That's what schools are supposed to have windows and ACs for. Is that what taxpayers' money go towards? <clears throat> there was a report that the door was open that the gunman got in in, in Texas. That's how he got in. Because a teacher left a door open. It's like I've heard the attack on the police with them not being able to be there in a certain amount of time. Rather, they were there in a certain amount of time if they needed to or not. Folks, it happened. And I know that might turn off listeners from me, but unfortunately, you can't go back and change what's happened. We can learn from what happened, and I just gave you great examples of how we can take step forward to fix this problem. I am going to tell you what we can do. Let me rephrase this. I'm going to tell you what isn't going to work. What isn't going to work is a bunch of lobbyists from the Democratic or Republican side, these political parties getting involved and saying, it's your fault. It's your fault. You didn't do this. You didn't pass this bill. You didn't have more background checks. You didn't get rid of guns. You didn't get rid of this, this rid of caliber of gun. You didn't get rid of this, this chamber for this gun. The capacity of this gun. I'm going to tell you something that hung above my father's door to his taxidermy business for 25 years. There was a sign above my father's door. It says, guns don't kill people. People kill people. And that's not a controversial slogan. That's a correct slogan. The gun didn't pull itself, take aim, and shoot someone. The individual holding the firearm did. Now when we come back, I'm going to talk about the news articles for this subject, and I have other news to also cover. I'm not going to stay on this all day. But again, I wanted to touch on this. So we are 28 minutes into the first half of the broadcast show. I'm going to cut for my first commercial timeout for all of our Think Local First businesses. So stay tuned, and I will be right back. My friends, how many people here have a driveway or maybe have a driveway that needs repaired? Well, I have a great company here. 
It is KB, the Gravel Guy LLC. Now they are located in mid-Ohio, in the Ohio area. They are basically a gravel company. They will come in, completely redo your driveway. Maybe you have some holes that need to be filled in. Well, KB, the gravel guy, can take care of that for you. Now, I have their information here. You can rather go to their Facebook page under KB, the gravel guy, or you can give them a telephone call, area code 419-564-7231, or you can even message them through their Facebook page and app. Again, that's KB, the gravel guy, for all of your gravel needs. When you're in need of drain and plumbing services, there's only one place, ladies and gentlemen, for local service that you can actually rely on. That is Dolan Drain and Plumbing Service. Located in Cardington, serving the Morrow County area, Dolan Drain and Plumbing offer quality service and customer satisfaction. With drain cleaning, camera inspections, and a full plumbing service, they offer a 24-7 emergency service for you and your family when the unexpected rears its ugly head. Billing is easy and affordable, and they offer a 10% off for services with cash payments. So if you are in need of a drain or a plumbing service issue, call Doolin and Plumbing Service, area code 419-560. 6807 and put your drain and plumbing services in their hands. You'll be thankful you did, folks. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Charles Nash, from Political Theater. You know, I get to do a lot of local ads for small businesses and businesses that are just opening up here in Ohio. And out of all of them that I've done ads for, there's one that really stands out to me just because of the story behind it. And it's so touching. That would be Footprints and Wax. Now they are a fairly new small family business. They are located between Galleon and Mount Gilead, Ohio. They create all natural hand poured soy wax melts. All natural, chemical free, face, body, hand, feet, and lip scrubs. Chemical-free products that help eliminate many dangerous toxins from entering the home and our bodies. They also create hand-painted, beautiful wooden ornaments for any occasion. The perfect gift for loved ones. And with the holidays just around the corner, who could pass up on their wide variety of gift baskets they have to offer? Pricing is reasonable and affordable. They provide a professional and speedy process while also trying to maintain the highest quality of products for their customers. Working hours are Monday through Sunday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, or on their webpage at www.footprintsandwax.com. Or you can call the owner, Missy Boggs, area code 
1222 for further questions and tell them that Charles Nash from Political Theater sent you. Thanks, folks. When it comes to Mother Nature, anything is possible. And with the unknown possibility comes severe weather. With these severe weather, what usually happens? You get down trees. Once the tree is removed, you've got these stumps just sitting everywhere. They're ungodly, and they're just sitting in your yard, folks. Rather in the backyard, the front yard, up against your house. And they're just a sight for sore eyes. You have to mow around them. You have to stare at them through your windows. Your neighbors don't like seeing it. It makes your property values go down. And over time, stumps start to decay, become sinkholes, or even become bug-infested. And who wants to have to call an exterminator for an extra cost? But folks, there is an answer to this problem. It's called Neidhart's Stump Removal and Land Clearing Operations. A family-owned and operated business, Neidhart's Stump Removal offers not only stump removal, but forestry, logging, tree cutting services, demolition, as well as excavation, and they're fully insured if something would happen while they're on the job. For more information, you can contact them at 740-751-5654 or visit their website at www.nidehartsstumpremoval.com or send your questions to Info at NineHeartStumpRemoval.com. In today's juggle between family and work, it's hard to get out of the same old routine and into something new. When you do have time for an adventure or for a vacation, you want to find something that's new and magical for you and the family. May I suggest the Ohio Railway Museum in Worthington? Founded in 1948, the Ohio Railway Museum is one of the oldest railroad museums in America. The museum is designed to educate through a historical exploration of century-old rail evolution. Ohio Railway in Worthington offers a glimpse of railroading past through their exhibits, like static equipment displays of electric traction and steam. They also offer rides with both of their streetcars and Pullman passenger cars. For the kids, for example. So come take your family on a visit through a historical journey of locomotion. The Ohio Railway Museum is located at 990 uh, Proprietors Road in Worthington, Ohio. Open Sundays for the 2021 season from noon to 4 p.m. through the end of December, weather permitting. Regular pricing for adults is $9, children $7. Senior citizens and people with military personnel badges and IDs is $8. And as always, children under the age of three are free. You can ride as many times as you'd like on the ticket date as well. For more information, visit their website at www.ohiorailwaymuseum.org or you can go to Facebook or contact the museum directly at 614-885-7345 for more details for their seasonal events. And remember folks, 
It's a ride on a train of adventure and education. Don't miss out. Stress, headaches, and long hours at work. That pain in your lower back that just won't go away. Day after day, week after long week. You for once wish you could be pampered. Get some feeling of relaxation you've long deserved. Well, I'm happy to announce you can. And it's easy, affordable, and just a click or phone call away. When life has taken away my relaxation, I check into the Tailored Massage Therapy and Wellness. Located at 6174 Commerce Drive, Suit E in Mount Gilead, Ohio, Tailored Massage Therapy and Wellness offer a wide variety of services, including relaxation massage, therapeutic deep tissue massage, cupping, hot stones, prenatal massage, facials, facial waxing and cupping, eyebrow tinting and eyelash lifting, CBD muscle mender, and even aromatherapy. They are a five-star rated business. Operating hours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. For more information, check out their Facebook page or tailoredmassagetherapyandwellness.com. You can also contact them by email at tailoredmassagewellness at gmail.com or by phone, area code 567 233 I've said it so many times I would change my ways, no, never mind God knows I've tried And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. I have Shine Down here with Call Me. Good old song here. That's an oldie. Back about 12 years ago precise. So I'm going to get Shine down here. I'm going to go ahead and get them chimed out as we move right back into the mix of the news. Now, when I went to commercial break, we were talking about the gun shooting incident that happened in Texas and what's been happening over several years in schools. Now, I said I was going to get to the news articles, and I am. I'm, I'm going to give you a slew of them from all different sources. And you can, ta- you can see what I'm talking about, how this is all politicized. There's nothing about being there for the victims' families in a time of need. There's no coming together as a community or as a country and mourning and this, this crazy tragedy that struck. 
and that's been happening. No, we're, 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 we have to make everything a political bingo charade and game. That's, that's what it's become. And I'm going to give everyone here a rundown. So here's, here's my first one. Okay. The first one here is from the Hill. This came out on uh, the 24th. This was last week. Here's the title. It says Biden. When in God's name, excuse me here. It says when is in God's name, are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? See, this is what I'm talking about. We have the sitting president of the free world, of the United States, Joe Biden, who should be going down there looking at the carnage that happened, being there for the families and trying to bring a nation and a state and a community together, trying to give hope, try to restore order. And we don't even have that. What does Joe Biden do? Goes down there. It's you damn Republicans, you damn conservatives, and all of you damn NRA gun lobbyists, you toting gun sons of bitches. It's all your faults. We don't need to have guns of any caliber. And what did he do? He went right back into the whole spiel about AR-15 rifles. Not just even him. Not even 24 hours after Joe Biden left. The state of Texas. You had Governor Abbott getting ready to hold a press secretary meeting to to all the news networks, to the families, giving an update of what was going on, an update of who the victims were. And what happens? You have Beto O'Rourke, who's running against him as the Democratic candidate. He storms up to the stage and starts pointing fingers. You're responsible. You sons of bitches, you're responsible. When are you gonna when are you gonna put active gun laws in that work? When are you gonna care? He got booed out of the facility, folks. There were several individuals, one man in particular on stage, that cussed him out and told him this is not a place for a political show. Get the hell out of here. This is the same individual for the Democratic Party. When he first ran, was running on doing away with guns in Texas completely. Ban on all assault rifles, and then it was get away, destroy all guns. Just here today, the 1st of June, today, Beto O'Rourke has come out now and said, well, no, no, you guys can keep your, your, your AR-15 assault rifles and guns. I was, I was wrong. Why? Because he made this a political issue. He was called out on it. And now the people of Texas are furious at him. Voters are furious at him because, again, we're not even, it's not even addressing the issue here. 
We can't even let the families mourn and peace. We have to have a political freak show going on. We can't have anyone come down and offer help, their condolences. What can we do to help you, the family, the victims? What can we do to help you and your community heal? What can we do going forward to make sure that this doesn't happen ever again? Where did we fail? Where did we succeed? None of that. It's a political blame game to score points for the November elections. They don't, these individuals do not give a damn about the victims and their families or what happened down there. And I know I'm going to catch hell for saying that, but they don't, folks. They do not give a damn. These politicians do not give a damn about you. It's how can I stay in power? How can I play the sympathy card? How can I play on the voters on, well, I could solve the problem like this. Let's just ban assault weapons. Let's just ban guns. And I'm going to show you all these articles. You can see my point and exactly what I'm talking about. Like I said, this is the Hill Joe Biden. Where in God's name are we going to, are we going to stand up to gun lobby? It says President Biden on Thursday implored Congress to stand up to gun lobby and press firearm restrictions after the gunman shot and killed at least 19 young children in the Texas elementary school. It says Biden grieved with the victims in the address from the White House and expressed outrage at the failure of lawmakers to enact stricter gun laws he would that would have prevented this shooting at the school. Now I'm pausing for a second because I want everyone to take that in for a second. Did you just hear what he just said? We need more stricter gun legislation because that would have stopped the shooting. I'm going to give everyone a really good piece of historical knowledge and information here if you haven't figured this out. In 50 years, we have had gun legislation, gun legislation, and more gun legislation. We have had bill on top of bill, amendment on, on top of amendment, stricter background check on top of background check on top of background check. And what hasn't accomplished in 50 years? I ask my listening audiences, and if you are new to the show, please, again, you can chime in. Telephone number 740-802-7936, or you can email me at politicaltheater114 at gmail.com. I would love to hear people chime in on this. In 50 years, I ask you, the listener, what has gun legislation done? What has it stopped to stop the issues 
of violence in schools or violence on the streets in general? Well, I can give you the answer to that. In 50 years, it has not done a damn thing. We still have just as many deaths on the street. We still have just as many gang-related deaths. We still have just as many gun shootings at schools every year. Nothing has changed. It has changed nothing. And would you like to know why? It has nothing to do with the political aspect of if you're a Democrat or Republican. If you have a R or a D in front of your name. What it has to do with, folks, when they vote on these bills, do you know who it targets? All of these gun laws, restrictions, amendments, background checks, it only applies to law-abiding citizens. Your average American law-abiding citizen is the only one that follows these laws That's who it targets. In 50 years, does it look like that it targets the individuals that it's supposedly supposed to be meant for? Criminals? Mentally deranged? People who have just gone off their rocker? Has it stopped them? Do you see them abiding by the the gun legislation laws? When you hear Joe Biden, like here on the Hill, in this article, say we need to stop gun lobbyists, we need to stop, we need to to go after them, we need to have stricter gun laws and background checks because that would have stopped this from ever happening. Bullshit. Because in 50 years, it has done nothing. It does not target the individuals that are committing the crimes. The massacres. Because they don't care. They don't care what you put down on a piece of paper. That is a flimsy excuse. That's all that is. It's a political propaganda push to say, see, I did something. I addressed this problem. Case closed. I fixed this. And it fixed nothing. In 50 years, it has fixed not a damn thing. You want to target, if Joe Biden really gave a damn, if he really gave a damn, or any of them, Republicans, Democrats, you name it, if they really gave a damn, you know what they would be going after to fix issues like this? We would be beefing up and pouring money into mental health. Not just for adults, but for kids. We don't have that. Nobody wants to touch that bad apple. The problem is right there in front of us. We can't, apparently they can't recognize it. It's, well, we have to have more gun legislation. Why don't you get to the heart of the problem? 
You know, if you were to come out and say to me, let's tackle mental health, and maybe we should add in some bills about mental health and firearms, I might be a supporter, a, a supporter in that. I might support that. You'll have my support in that. But not just do it on paper. I mean, actually go out. Let's put money into places where you can go to get help. If guidance counselors or teachers or parents are facing issues with young adults, children, who are prone to violence, but they have nowhere to turn for mental health, and it's mental health, that's what we should be targeting. There's where our money should be going for states, from the federal government, to get these individuals off the street, out of the schools, get them help. But you won't see that. Or like I talked about at the beginning of the show, maybe actually talking and having after-school activities, education about gun awareness, safety. We don't have those things, again. But don't come after, well, it's guns. Guns is the problem. We need more legislation. That's a cop-out political excuse. That's it. So that was the article from The Hill. And I've got another one here. Here's another one right here. This one was from Fox News. This one was published on the 25th of last week while I was gone. Title, Parkland Victim's Father. If we can send $40 billion to Ukraine, we can protect our nation's schools. It says, the father of a girl killed at the Parkland, Florida High School attack said that the Texas shooting was avoidable. He said this on Wednesday and called for legislators and community leaders to improve security at schools. I can agree with that. Continuing on, it said Pollock's daughter was killed back in 2018 at the Parkland shooting and ever since has been bringing awareness to improve school security and empowering parents to fight for their children in order to improve safety measures. He says school districts across the U.S., are taking heightened security measures following the deadly mass shooting at Robb Elementary School. It says Parkland, uh, this is, excuse me, it says Pollock slammed the federal government for not doing enough to keep children safe. He said there's no reason why we can give $40 billion away to Ukraine, which is a proxy war again, but we can't afford to protect our children in this country. This is what he told uh, the media on Fox and Friends, urging parents to get involved in their kids and in school. 
It says they need to go to their local school districts, get involved, see who's on their school boards, and see if they're taking school safety seriously. There you go, folks. Again, didn't, didn't I just say that? Getting involved in your children's lives, knowing where they are, what they're doing. Look, if you have a child at home and they're playing with a gun and they're drawing pictures about shooting people or making comments, I don't know what more red flags you need. Now, in this coming weeks, I am going to have a special show about mental health, behavioral health. Because I'm also starting to find out, I'm, I'm doing some research myself here, and I'm starting to find out some very interesting things, not on the good side, about what we have when it comes to psychiatrists and behavioral health therapy around the country, and even in my county, in Marion County, where I live. You're going to be shocked with what, here in the coming weeks, with what I'm going to give people for information on one of my special shows. I'm, I've done some little undercover work myself, kind of like what they do with Project Veritas. And what you're going to find out is there's a lot of <laughs> red tape when it comes to getting children help who may or may not need to see someone and you, the parent, trying to get information from the counselor or psychiatrist. Because apparently you're not allowed, you're not privy to be able to know the information that your child's talking one-on-one -on -one with a therapist about. You're going to be shocked with what I bring you. That's in the coming weeks. So that was an article here on Fox News. I have another one here. And, and most of these, again, are just retouching each other. It's been this way all week even into today. Here you go right here. Here's another one. This was from The Hill, and it was also, it can be found on Reuters. This was put out last week on the 26th. It says, gun, headline, it says, Gun Control Proposals Face Big Hurdles in Senate. Of course they're going to. We have a fight now if you're not keeping up with the drama in the House and in the Senate because we can't get a terroristic bill passed because the Democratic Party has put all sorts of red tape through it that has nothing to do with national security. So now we have a gridlock with that. Again, we're proposing bills for national security measures and you have individuals in the Democratic Party again Screaming, we, we got to stop this violence going on, folks. Here in our homeland, here in our schools. But here we go. We're going to add red lining, red tape into these bills that have nothing to do with national security. It's to benefit their party and their pockets. That's it. That was one of them right here. It says Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says that he wants Republicans to work with Democrats to pass bipartisan gun control legislation. But the proposals under consideration 
face significant hurdles and the likelihood of success is small. As Schumer initially said on Wednesday, most Republicans are so set against proposals to expand background checks or otherwise limit access to firearms, he doesn't think it is possible that they can get anything accomplished on the Senate floor, especially after the mass shootings in Buffalo, New York, and Uvalde, Texas. There you go. There's this article. That's all that's in this article is back and forth political mumbo jumbo. And what is it here again? We need more background. We need more gun legislation. In 50 years, I will reiterate this again. What has it done? Who is it really targeting? Again, it only targets the law-abiding citizens, the law-abiding gun owners. This is where they fail to get this in Congress. People who are criminals, people who want to do harm, people who have mental issues, behavioral problems, do you think they give a damn what's on a piece of government paper? No. So again, Mr. Schumer, who is this targeting? See how I just go through these articles, folks, and it's the same thing on top of the same thing, addressing no issue. All we can address is gun control. Do away with guns. Do away with certain calibers. Do away with certain firearms. What the hell is that going to do? Here's another one right here. This was from this is from Fox. It was even can be found on CNN. Headline: Schumer blocks Senate GOP school safety bill, angering Republicans. It says Senate Majority Chuck Schumer, Democrat, on Wednesday blocked a school safety bill that his Republicans are crying foul. It says after a historic mass shooting in Texas elementary school that killed 19 children and two teachers. It says Ron Johnson, Republican from Wisconsin, asked for the Luke and Alex Safety Act to be passed ununanimously with consent. It says the bill was named after the Parkland, Florida shooting victims, Luke Haler and, and Alex I, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm, I apologize. I said it would require the Department of Homeland to, of Security to establish a federal clearinghouse on safety, on school safety, best practices for use by state and local educational and law enforcement agencies, institutions of higher education, health professionals, and the public. And it would require DHS to collect cleansing house data analysis, user feedback on implementation, best practices and recommendations identified by the clearing house. 
any evaluations conducted these best practices and what they recommend. Now, it says you can look at this on, you can look at the bill. It says it's available to view at schoolsafety.gov. Uh, it would be coded into law if the bill passed, but it was blocked. Basically, what it does is, folks, it would require every school to have a safety procedure. They would have to go through and implement it. It would have to be up to date. It would have to be to law and code. And that's how everything would be conducted for safety. Everyone would have to be on the ball. And they blocked it. This is a safety precaution to save lives in schools. What they learned from the Parkland shooting. But here we go. We have to block it because we didn't get our terroristic bill passed with all the red lining in it. So now we just, we're, we're going to do nothing. This is the political charade that I'm talking about. On and on and on. And it just reiterates what I said at the beginning when I started talking about this subject. It's all political. This is why I don't get into this. I'm bringing you what's happening here and I'm giving you a breakdown. But I'm not getting involved like the media does with this because they're not gonna address the issues and what the real issue is. And these politicians, <laughs> again, you've seen it played out for a week between both parties. It's all about that power, folks. Gonna play the sympathy card. We're gonna make you think we really care. We're gonna fix a problem. We're not even gonna look at the problem, really. We're gonna keep going back to that old playbook. It's guns. It's nothing but guns. All the, the silver lining about where the issue really lies and why we have these issues, nah, we won't address that at all. Just put some shiny, shiny new legislation mandates on it. That'll fix the problem. Now I am almost... 29 minutes in to the second half of the show. I'm going to take my last commercial timeout. When we come back, I'm going to finish up on this topic. I have a couple other news articles with some other topics I'm going to discuss. So stay tuned, and I will be right back. Time. A word we take for granted. As the years pass by, so does one's age. Families and loved ones share memories and moments. Many times, as loved ones pass on, they bequeath antiques from their past that end up carrying on into the future through their loved ones. As antique items are handed down through generation to generation. Friends, if you're someone like me, Antiques are a way to pass along one story onto the next generation. 
And maybe that's why my friends at the On The Square Antiques specialize in just that, antiques. Located in downtown Mount Gilead, Ohio, On The Square Antiques feature fine antiques, collectibles, furniture, grand millennial, granny chick, artwork, and very nice jewelry. Store hours are Wednesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and Sunday, 12 to 4 p.m. They arrange payments very easily, and you can pick up at your own convenience, or shipping options are available. For more information, check out their Facebook page on On The Square Antiques, or you can message them at onthesquareantiques at yahoo.com, or even by phone, area code 614-330-6322. And as they always say, happy antiquing. How many people love sweets? Well, if you're anything like me, folks, you always have that sweet tooth. But there's a solution when it comes to your sugar delight needs. Introducing Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery. With over 40 plus years in bakery experience, Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery is your one-stop shop for all your bakery sweets that you're ever gonna need, folks. From delicious sugar cookies decorated to match any special party or party theme occasion, pies and amazing cupcakes from garment flavors to traditional and fabulous wedding cakes for that one in a lifetime moment. Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery is hands down the professional and dependable business that you need to order from. For more information, contact Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery at 419-709-0918 or check out their Facebook page for more details and special offers. Dad, I want a cookie. Looks like I'm going to be making a late night order to Lisa Sprinkles Cookies and Cakeries, folks. Friends, when it comes to big, costly concrete projects, rather for the residential, commercial, or just for decorative needs, you want a company that's reliable and professionally dependable. That's why for all of my concrete project needs, I contact the people at Pennington Concrete. Pennington Concrete is locally owned and an operated business. They specialize in residential, commercial, and decorative concretes. And they are a five-star rated business. So if you have any concrete projects and need help getting your concrete masterpiece off the ground, put the trowel tools down and call the professionals at Pennington Concrete. You'll save loads of time, money, and headaches. For more information, you can contact Pennington Concrete at 740-396-7620 or check out their Facebook page under Pennington Concrete and tell them that Charles Nash from Political Theater sent you.
Need an outside cleaning? Better call ProSelect. House siding, brick or exterior dirtied or mildewed? Better call ProSelect. Deck looking dingy or yellowed? Better call ProSelect. How about gutter stains or window smudges? You better call ProSelect. ProSelect exterior cleaning and services. For more information or to schedule a free estimate, call 740-504-8311 or visit their website at ProSelect LLC or Facebook. Email them at proselect.es at gmail.com for more information. Looking for innovative and professionalism when it comes to the residential and commercial construction? Well, have I got the company for you folks. America's Pioneer Construction. With over 25 years of building and management experience, Pioneer Construction is the leader in craftsmanship and creativity through construction. Started in 1995 by a master carpenter and craftsman, the company has grown and evolved with the reputation of construction known for trust, knowledge, and integrity. From custom-built homes to renovations, Pioneer provides superior customer service and satisfaction in the areas of general contracting, construction management, design and build, planning, and complete project management through the whole construction process. So if you're looking for a dependable and knowledgeable company, to get your dream project off the ground, call Pioneer Construction Company. Located in Mount Gilead, Columbus, and the Cincinnati, Ohio areas. Or you can drop them a message at Pioneer Construction, 1975.jb3 at gmail.com or scroll through their website at pioneerconstruction.us for more information. You won't be sorry that you did, folks. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. It's me again, Charles Nash, your host from Political Theater. When you wake up in the morning, you're tired. You're trying to fumble around the bedroom, find your way down the stairs into your kitchen. And what's the one thing you want to do? You want to get woke up. Well, that's where I have a problem. In the morning, I try to find the best coffee that I possibly can. The regular things off the store shelves just don't work for me. But I found a coffee and a company that does. It's called Black Rifle Coffee. Now, Black Rifle Coffee is made and owned by veterans here in the United States. They serve a premium coffee. The coffee is imported from highly qualified coffee beans from Colombia and Brazil. They're roasted for five days at their facilities in Manchester, Tennessee and Salt Lake City, Utah. They have some of the best coffee that you can imagine. One cup and even a half a cup gets me woke up in the morning and I've got enough energy to carry me through the rest of the day. So I'm here to tell you about Black Rifle Coffee. You can go online to blackriflecoffee.com, order from their webpage. They will ship it to your house directly. They've got s several different kinds of roasts. And again, some of the best coffee you'll ever have. That's Black Rifle Coffee. And if you don't want to believe me or take my word for it, go to their website, 
you can get a free trial yourself and taste the magic in their coffee. Again, that's Black Rifle Coffee. Try it. Can't stand to look at you now. This revelation's out of my hands. Still, I can't bear the thought of you now. This complication's leaving me scared. Stay when you think you want me. Pray when you need advice. Hey, keep your sickness off me. Try it again. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. I have Seether here with Country Song. <laughs> if you've ever seen the video, it's 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 probably one of my favorite band videos that <laughs> I've seen. Again, one from about eleven years ago. It's it's slowly becoming a classic itself. If you're into <clears throat> somewhat, you know, rock metal, that's kind of what it is. That's the genre for it. Moving right into what we were talking about, I'm going to get finished up on this subject here. <clears throat> I have an article here. It is, let's see here. It's from Fox News. It, uh, it came out yesterday. <clears throat> it was, um, matter of fact, yeah, it, it came, out, came out on the 31st. Its uh, title is GOP Lawmakers torch biden over suggested ban on nine millimeter pistols not only now is joe biden going on about we need more gun legislation now he's he's backtracked his handlers now are trying to backtrack and he's getting upset about that because he doesn't understand why his handlers at the white house are are backtracking over everything he says Probably because you're batshit crazy. I mean, pardon my language here, but it's the truth. <clears throat> now it's, it's we need more legislation. No, no, no. We got to step back from that, Mr. President. You, you, you can't say that stuff. It's, it, yeah, we got elections coming up in November. Now it's, well, let's look at the caliber of the gun. Well, now I'm going to look at 9mm pistols. We don't need 9mm pistols. You know, if people want to carry a weapon, they, they can carry around a 22. I, I'm not making this up, folks. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I have, this was on, <laughs> this was on Twitter of all places, and they haven't removed it. It says, Joe Biden suggests he wants to ban high caliber, high caliber, nine millimeter handguns. Quoting, there's simply no rational bias for items like this, a 9mm, for self-protection. I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody this. What do you think his Secret Service carries? A 9mm pistol. So here's Joe Biden. Here is the, the audio. You can hear it for yourself. A 22 caliber bullet will lodge in a lung, and we can probably get it out, maybe able to get it and save the life. A 9 millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body. So the idea of these high caliber weapons is of 
that there's simply no rational basis for it in terms of what they see about self-protection, hunting. I mean, I just remember the Constitution, the Second Amendment, was never absolute. Did you just hear, if you can't, if you had a hard problem or a hard time understanding that, they were talking to him in front of Air Force One. That's why you could hear that noise in the background. Joe Biden is sitting there talking about, well, I heard this doctor say that a nine millimeter, well, when it shoots someone, let's say it shoots them in the chest, it, it blows the lung right out of the body. There's no need for these high caliber weapons or pistols now. Now it's pistols. We've moved from AR-15 assault rifles to now 9mm pistols. And then he goes, well, if you look at a 22 caliber, well, if you know, if they get it just lodges in the lung, we we can we can save a life. Now I'm gonna go ahead and, and tell everybody this. I I'm sure again I'm going to hear feedback from this. Do you know his comment in that was asinine in itself? That whole statement was inaccurate. Do you know that a 22 can actually the slug from it, the the, the bullet can actually be more deadly than a 9mm that he suggests can blow out a lung? Now, I know there's people out there going, what? I mean, really, Mr. Nash? I mean, I mean, if it's a, if it's a 22 and it's, it's just lodged in there, it's just, it hasn't blown out the lung. I mean, doesn't he have a point? Well, here's the problem. It can actually cause more damage. Because a bullet actually lodged in you, a 22 lodged in you, can actually move. There's where he's not telling you the whole truth. You could shoot someone in the chest with a 22 caliber, and it can lodge in their chest. And it moving around in there, it's like shrapnel. It's just going to cut and cause more damage. The lodging is actually going to cause more damage. We're... With a 9mm, like he said, well, it, it blows a hole out. It blows the lung out. Yeah, it's a, it's a clean shot. It's, it's a high-caliber bullet. Its job is to enter and exit wherever it hits. It doesn't always happen, but that's what it's supposed to do. And I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody this. You have just as high of a chance of surviving being shot with a 9mm then you do a 22. So I don't understand his argument with that. I don't understand again why we're not looking at the real issues. Mental health. That has been the problem, the forefront problem for a long time. Nobody is brave enough to address it. For God's sakes, this the, the, the shooter in Texas shot his own grandmother in the face. What does that tell you? I would say this would tell you he had some mental issues. 
there are more things with this case it's as it develops that people are finding out. And it points to, again, mental health. But we're going to go back to the same old tall tale of we need more gun legislation, more gun backgrounds. We need to ban certain firearms. And just like I've said before, folks, even if you banned all guns, someone's going to find a way around it. Or it's going to be the next deadly thing, knives attacking. Someone's going to get attacked with a knife. Are you going to ban all knives? All sharp objects? You can address the problem with what it really is, or you can, can keep going down this whole political theater of bullshit that all of your senators are spewing because we're getting ready to go into an election year. Now, I have one more article <clears throat> with this subject, and I'm not going to stay on it because I have three other articles about different topics that I want to address. Then there was this article. <laughs> it was on Politico and on Fox. Titled, I was on the 26th last week. It says, Texas school shooting begs the question, where is God? It says, this prayer or prayers is one of the most significant thing that you see even in the heroic, the heroic, or excuse me, horror, yeah. I cannot pronounce it today. It says horrific aftermath in the Texas shooting. They're talking about certain prayers that you have been hearing family members that are grieving. That you would hear in a church. And you have, you have professors and people on here and news media now saying, well, what good is, what good is prayer? Where is God at? Why does God let this happen? <clears throat> now we have the drive-by media. You've got these professional analysts going around saying, well, this, this should push you away from God. See, this is one of my topics, folks. This is the, the, one of the, it was the second one I told everybody. You want to know why we have these issues going on with violence? This is it right here. This is one of them. We have taken God out of everything. And you wonder why people all over the country, all over the world, are turning back to God. You know, I am I'm a Christian. I am not a perfect person, folks, by any means. I've had my ups and downs with my own faith, but I can tell you one thing. I had someone tap me on the shoulder. It was a voice. I'm not going to get into the story, but it woke me up. And I have a very, my own, very 
um, under, understanding between me and God. I have my, my own understanding between me and him. I would suggest people start getting back into letting God in your life. Because he will, folks. He will point you in the direction that you're meant to go. And you're going to go through some bumps and some challenges. But it's to make you a stronger, better individual. You know, my the church that I go to, which is the, the Marian Nazarene here in Marion, Ohio. Pastor Steve Estep, and if if you're listening, I am going to put your name out here. He has a motto that he says at the end of every um, every sermon that he gives on Sunday. That someone you know needs to know Jesus. Because the power... And God, the power in taking Christ, it's, I'm telling you, it will change you if you allow it. I know there's other people besides Pastor Steve Estep, my pastor, that promotes God's work. But we need to get that back in schools. I'm telling you now, you will see a fundamental change. That's why I wanted to read this article. You're supposed to live by faith in God's promise, folks. I just, I wanted to share this because now again, see how they take these horrific events and they try to turn it around, not just politically. The media is out there questioning Christianity, questioning God. Well, what does God allow this? Where is your God now? Why would you need God in a situation like this? See, he lets things like this happen. Folks, there are bad things that happen out there every day. It's an unfortunate event that what transpired in that school were past shootings. But taking God and trying to turn it, trying to turn him into a negative because of an evil action, this is a far, far cry of foul right here. And again, this is the media basically trying to drive another wedge See how they don't want to heal anything? It's to try to drive wedges. Destroy communities. And they don't want to allow the healing process down there to happen. Or anywhere. That is your politicians. That is your drive-by media. 
It's a shame, but I, I'm trying to point out to everyone. That's why I kept these news articles all week. To point this out if you're, if you're not connecting the dots. It's unfortunate it takes a, a, a tragedy like that to have to show people. Now that is all I'm going to talk about with that subject my heart and my prayers go out to the victims' families. I would wish it upon no one. I would never wish for anyone to have to bury their own children. I, I don't know if that was a... <laughs> I don't even know if that's something that I could bear to take. Being a parent of three girls... I don't know if I could could bear that. And I, when I say, and this is not for a political purpose, because I have people that listen to me, I really do mean it. I have said a prayer for all of those families down there who lost their children, lost their loved ones. And I hope that they do find peace however that may be in the future and moving forward. Now the next article, I have three here with the time that I have remaining that I wanted to touch briefly on. One here is from Fox. It came out the 24th of last week. The title of it is ISIS Affiliated Suspect arrested for alleged plot to kill former President Bush. It says, a man affiliated with ISIS is under arrest for his participation in an alleged plot to assassinate former President George W. Bush. This is an Al-Qaeda citizen living in Columbus, Ohio, my state. Remember how I said we have no security at the southern border. They have no idea who's coming in and out of here. Huh. I, ha I seen this, read it, and I, I had to talk about this. This folks is in my home state of Ohio. This is an Iraqi citizen living in Columbus, Ohio, has been charged federally with an immigration crime and with aiding and abetting in a plot to murder United States President George W. Bush. This is the Justice Department said in a press release on Tuesday. It said the statement added that the suspect, identified as a 52-year-old Shirab, uh, Ahmed Shirab Shirab, originally came to the United States in September of 2020 on a visa and filled out asylum on March of 2021 with a pending order of review. It says, according to the Department of Justice, they exchanged money with, he exchanged money with other individuals in an attempted illegal smuggling of foreign nationals into the United States and specifically planned to help four Iraqi nationals come to the United States across the southern border to help kill former President Bush. So when I tell people we have no idea what's coming across our border, 
from Texas. This man is clear up here in Columbus, Ohio. An ISIS member. Is that not a scary thought? Not just for Ohioans. That should be alarming everyone that's hearing this or has read it or heard it. This is what I'm talking about. We have no security for anything. And under Joe Biden, the man who wants to just allow the floodgates of immigration to open and spew across our southern border, here you go. And I've said this before, what is it going to take for someone to wake up? To put the political posturing and power struggles aside, is it going to take another 9-11? You know, we swore we would never forget. And we would be taking safety precautions so that it would never repeat. You've heard me say this, folks. I don't want it to happen again. But this is the type of things coming across our border unchecked. Thank God somebody was smart enough to catch this individual. But what else do we not know that was being planned? Who else is involved? That's the key question. I just, I had to share that. Speaking of, this is my last national news one. This one was on MSNBC, Fox, CNN. Title, this is on the 24th of May. It says, female skateboarder spoke out on trans, uh, trans competitors for her future daughters. This article is about speaking out against the unfairness going on in women's sports. How I've been going on about how they're attacking women's rights. Mainly the Democratic Party. Now, I'm not going to go through this article because I'm getting short on time and I have one more that I want to share. But basically what this sums up to, you have parents coming out for their children in competitive sports, especially in female sports. And it's happening everywhere and it's catching steam. And they're starting to see the attack on women and women's sports with this whole issue of transgender and women's sports, the unfairness in it. It's a good article. If you want to read more into it, I, 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 again, you can find it on Fox. It was on MSNBC. Um, it was on all the major networks titled again, Female Skater Spoke Out on Trans Competitor for Future Daughters. Now, the last article that I have before I end the show is a local one. Now, everyone knows that I have been covering the issues that have been going on in Marion City Schools. I've had Scott Weibling on. I've had Rocky Ratliff on. I have thrown the challenge out to other members in the Marion City School Board to come on the show. I have even asked if, <laughs> 
If they want to have a, a collaboration of individuals come on the show, I've even said I would be willing to go to a board, a public board meeting and host a open forum for the public to address the issues. Because they're not listening to the issues going on. I had talked about an issue here last week. Again, about, it was in the, the uh, Marion Star, about discipline issues going on or... <laughs> should I say, lack there of authority to implement authority there at the school to handle the problems going on. Well, I found this in the CrawfordCountyNow.com. It was an interesting article. This comes in from May the 19th, last week. Title of it is, Marion City School Board Quarrels Over Discipline as superintendent lands on short list for new job. I, I thought that was uh, kind of a hilarious article when I read this. This is from, not even from Marion. This is from uh, CrawfordCountyNow.com. Titled again, May, it's on May the 19th. Basically, what it comes down to is the principal who's been around all of this issues in Marion City Schools with money issues, the way they spend there at the school, what they're being what what funds are being spent on, his huge pay salary, him not wanting to get involved, he's let the school go to hell with disciplinary issues. This would be as they claim here, I'm I'm reading this article, Dr. Ayarusi, who is the principal well, folks, he's on a list to leave Marion City Schools for another school in another county. It's a lengthy article. It talks about the issues that he has been having with the Marion City School Board, especially with Rocky Ratcliffe, um, Ted McInnes. The list goes on and on. And they ask the question... You know, they're talking about the issues going on facing Marion City Schools with discipline and how the principal, uh, Dr. Iarusi here, he doesn't, he doesn't want to fix anything. But yet he's on a short list. He is on a short list to become a new principal for another school district. And he's going to get even more pay. And this guy's failing back here in Marion. It says, as reported by Crawford County Now, teachers, bus drivers, and support staff have been hit, kicked. They, they go on about the whole lack of discipline and how, again, doc, uh, Principal Dr. <laughs> Iarusi here, or excuse me, he's a superintendent. Uh, he's, he's basically... <laughs> He, he's already one foot out the door. If you're someone from Marion and you have not heard about this, I would be really pissed off. This is a good article to read. Again, you can find it at CrawfordCountyNow.com. The title of it is Marion City School Board Quarrels Over Discipline as Superintendent Lands on Short List for New Jobs. He's got one foot out the door, folks. He's leaving the problems that he helped create 
the monster he helped create behind, he's out of here. He wants nothing to do with it. He wants a fresh start at another school that he can torment and destroy. That's what I got from this article. So again, if you're Marion City, if you're a, a, a you know a parent of a, of a student that goes there, if you're a teacher, staff member, if you're on the board, if you have not seen this good read, you might want to check into this. Well, that is everything that I have for the show, folks. Um, I will be back at the end of the week for some more news. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, I want to thank all of my Think Local First um, businesses. I have a new one that I'm going to be advertising today. Um, so you can you can listen to it. Uh, again, thanks to everyone who tunes in and listen. If you're new, thank you for tuning in and listening. I hope you come back to listen to some more of the show. If you would like to contact me for to be on the show or for free advertisement for your business, you can contact me. Telephone number 740-802-7936. You can also find me on Facebook. Look up Political Theater. You'll find me, Charles Nash, and my bright, happy, red, white, and blue political Ronald Reagan-looking face on there. Or you can leave me an email at politicaltheater114 at gmail.com. Again, I want to thank everyone, and this has been another great episode. I will be back at the end of the week. So stay tuned, and I will see everyone for another great episode in just a few short days. Good night, folks.